I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. Chris, how are you? Good, my friend. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. No, thank you for, for coming on. been looking to talk to you for a while. Well, obviously I talk to you all the time. <laughs> but professionally, been looking to talk to you professionally for a while. Um, so you probably gathered the reason I invited you on is because you're somebody that has basically taken your passion, turned it into your profession, and you've been doing that for a long time. You're doing it very well. And I know that along the way, it's not been an easy easy ride. You know, there's been some some challenges that I'm sure you've had to overcome. Um, but essentially, you are, by by many people's um, imagination, I'll say living the dream because you're you're working in an area that you're really, really passionate about. So what I'd like to do is, if it's okay with you, is, is actually start there. And if you could just tell us the moment you thought about making your passion, so health, fitness, and turning that into your profession, from that moment all the way until now. Mm. How long we got? Um, <laughs> no. it, I guess it's always been part of my DNA. Um, I've always wanted to do what I'm doing now, like work with people. I've always coached. I've always like, I, and when I was young, I was always kind of coaching uh, my, in my sports, so basketball and f- rugby and inline hockey, which is what I grew up playing. And I, I, you know, that I guess was a, just a natural progression into kind of from, you know, from coaching the sport move into kind of the more curiosity around the physio- you know, physiological training of it. Um, you know, starting to train myself, going into the gym for the first time, maybe around 14, 15 years old at, at, at um, secondary school. And it was, you know, you're starting to like, I was starting to work out what this looked like. And I have to admit, I, I, it was parts of the, of, I had ideas of what I kind of wanted it to be, but I didn't know how to get there. And I guess it was just a matter of kind of starting to work, starting to walk the walk a little bit. So spend more time in the gym. I uh, was coaching more. And actually, I, as I was going through my GCSEs and A-levels and things, I was I was thinking, I still don't know what, what environment I want this to be in. You know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a teacher. I didn't know if I wanted to be a physiotherapist. I didn't know if I wanted to be a personal trainer or a strength conditioning coach. But I was sort of just doing all of it. I was kind of working. I was just trying to get as much experience along the way of di- di- in, in different environments. And <clears throat> when I did my finish my A levels, the the teachers were aware of my not confusion, but my like not even a dilemma. It was just like I was in a crossroads. And they, I had a, a job created for me in a weird way. Uh, in my kind of gap year after after college, I worked half my half my hours, my work, my full time. So they they employed me full time. The school that I used to go to. And they employed me uh, half the time as a kind of PE uh, PE technician. Like, a, so I'll, I'll go into I work in the PE department and help set up the classes. You know, all the equipment manager, and so part of my half my hours would timetable hours would be doing that, and then the other half would be working with the physio in um, in in the gym that was on site at the school, and we, that was part of uh, like a lot of the. Um, disadvantaged children like uh, with the sort of dis- range of disabilities they'll come into the gym throughout the day and we'd be working on different aspects of their kind of well their training programming and i would be like a physio assistant so i had this great little job where i was kind of getting the best of both worlds and i was really getting an, an understanding of what it was like to not only teach teach you know uh in, in their class environment but also coach and uh and treat in in the physio gym environment but at the end of that year, I was still like, okay, still not sure. And what I ended up doing was I went traveling for a few months, Australia, came back and did my sports science degree. So I signed up for my sports science degree because I felt that that was going to be a, a logical building block for either of those careers. Um, did my sports science degree. And uh, during that time, broke my knee uh, twice. So actually, uh, when I say broke my knee, a bit more detail, I I kind of uh, fractured the tibial spine. So the top of your tibia, I pulled the ACL off the top of the bone. And uh, I remember. <laughs> yes, I knew. Yeah, that was at uni. <clears throat> so whilst I was, the, um, whilst I was 
learning so all you know going through all the modules of injury rehabilitation and uh sports psychology I, you know i remember us being in a lecture hall together and we we're talking about you know injury management and you've probably got a few anecdotes from that but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was i going through that in that's pretty significant injury at that time in my life when i was probably at my peak physical state i was competing at uh, an international level in inline hockey i it pushed me more towards training pushed me more towards understanding re- injury rehabilitation and the sports science degree was really helping support that i was loving i love being in the gym i love training i was surrounded by you know people like yourself who we were training together all the time as well and so coming out the back of that you know after my sports science degree i really focused on my athletic career after that so i managed to rehab that injury um and uh i actually drove a taxi and became an electrician for a short period of time just because i wanted to just play hockey i wanted to see how good i could be i wanted to be as good an athlete as i could be in my early 20s um broke my knee again <laughs> did the same injury again a couple of years later so that was another really hard blow but or another real big lesson about how to re- rehabilitate the same injury and go through that psychology of that um out the back of that i ended up coming uh, i got all my qualifications as a personal trainer strength conditioning coach um we moved to australia <laughs> over there we then sorry chris uh, um before yeah. you go on to that bit, just going back to, obviously you did de- your degree as I did, which which was great. We had great experience from that. We learned so much. It gave us a lot of confidence and knowledge, etc. Yeah. But what I think probably a lot of people aren't always aware is, and we obviously found out ourselves is, unless you want to then go and work as a sports scientist, because that's essentially what it qualified us to be, didn't it? Sports scientists. Yeah. We still weren't qualified with with that alone. You're not qualified to be, then be a personal trainer, are you? Or as a or work as a strength and conditioning coach, that is something separate. And as, and not that we're dissing doing a degree at all, because we for a start we met each other there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just that alone is is was worth the the twenty grand student loan. Um, <laughs> I'm a wife. Of course, yeah. My, most importantly, your wife, because you met her there, of course, Polly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. I just, I, I, I guess I flew in there with that because anyone no, listening no, might, thinking, might be thinking, oh my God, I've got to do a degree to work in this industry. Um, but actually, it, it wasn't the degree that allowed us to work in the industry, was it? It was the other stuff that we did. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just a, it was just my pathway that I was choosing. I was trying, mm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm describing here is just my, my individual pathway as I was trying to work. Yeah, into- yeah. I'm trying to work out who I want to be, right? And so sports science, as I said, was a degree, was just a, a stepping stone to give me a base level of knowledge to maybe go into more into strength conditioning and uh, or, or going into physiotherapy. And I could, you know, I could tag on a, a postgraduate degree off the back of that. Um, but really, it was just, I'll be honest, it was delaying, it was a delay tactic. I was just, I, I what I really wanted to do was just play hockey. I just wanted to be, you know, I wanted, and studying more i enjoy i enjoyed that topic but as we said like it, it just it gives you a depth of knowledge but it doesn't actually it's not a not it's not a prerequisite is it it's not a, a requirement of our profession to be a personal trainer or a strength conditioning coach it's you can you know we don't need to have that but you know in hindsight it gave me a depth of knowledge and understanding in terms of you know all the other modules that you go through and the thing you're learning over those years that gives me a, obviously a, another level another level of wealth in mindset um with regards to my clients I work with, but um, yeah, I mean, going we, from that from that university degree for me playing after after that, I said we we moved over to Australia. Me and my me and Polly, so we we met at uni as we we talked about, and uh, she was training as a professional athlete over there. So she's a professional triathlete for for a number of years whilst we lived in Australia, and that is where I honed my 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 real my skills. So I had my PT qualifications before I left. Um, but I wasn't, I was using him in dibs, you know, dribs and drabs. So I wasn't really kind of, I hadn't fully bought into that lifestyle, but as soon as we moved over there, there was just, uh, it was just, a, you know, I had to reset almost and that gave me an opportunity to go straight into gyms, start just doing more of what I was already doing, but in a more of a career kind of, well, a bit more of a business mindset, if I'm honest, I was doing it six days a week. Um, and that without knowing I'd already found my niche, I'd already found, what I'm now already currently you know, still doing now, which is working with, pr- primarily with endurance-based athletes, um, because Polly, we were living a, a professional triathlete lifestyle. So Polly was training six days a week, twice a day. I was helping her navigate 
her nutrition, her strength conditioning, her, all of her multi-sport training alongside her coaches. And uh, I was developing a skill set. You know, I'd already, I knew how to help people in the gym, but to then transfer those skills from the gym and into a sporting context, um, I was doing it, you know, I was living it. I was, I was, I was seeing the day-to-day struggles of working, you know, trying to fit everything into a busy lifestyle. And so, yeah, we traveled uh, with the, with the sport, with, tri- with triathlon, uh, probably competed across the Asia Pacific. So Australia, New Zealand, went to China, competed there, came back to the UK, competed here for a bit. But yeah, the bit I found my groove. I found my, I found, I found my passion. I really truly found my passion because I was working in a niche that I was truly understood because my wife lived it. And I was, I knew exactly the struggles, the fatigue, the, the volumes of work that they're putting their bodies through. But the wear and tear of that training they weren't doing any SNC. They weren't doing any any physical training alongside that to maintain their body. So that's where we started to build the business. And Ooh. I started off as a a name, my name, Chris Endy Personal Training. But I quickly realised that we were we were doing more than that. You know, we were we were trying to forge. I guess that's probably where the biggest struggle comes in. I was I found myself in an industry in a part in a niche of the of the industry where there was a lot of myths and misconceptions around strength training uh for endurance athletes and so that's probably one of the biggest struggles i've had it the whole way through for the last almost 15 years now is like getting the endurance athlete to do more strength and conditioning work that doesn't then in, in, interfere with their running cycling swimming but prevents them from getting injuries because they get they're, they're not getting any, you know they're, they're on their old weaknesses so yeah a lot of myths to dispel part of your job by the sounds of it Huge, huge. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the probably one of the best things I've learned to articulate the best. You know, I used to sit there and stand there at events and, you know, present myself and tell people what I did. But, you know, it was constantly, I don't want to, you know, bulk up. You know, they, they, there was these misconceptions once upon a time, 10 years ago, where, you know, if, if you touch the weight, you're going to balloon, you know, you're suddenly going to balloon in muscle mass. Yeah, you know, like it was, and some people still have those negative connotations with 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 strength training and it's you know it's it's laughable obviously because we all know as trainers uh, as educated people that it's very hard to build muscle you know like you have to do a lot right to build muscle and as an endurance athlete you're doing a lot wrong to build muscle <laughs> you're mm. pretty much in a catabolic state all the time you're constantly overtrained you're probably under fueling like never recovering well enough so um yeah anyway so loads of you know the pathway was kind of it was forging itself and um coincidentally i actually trained as a teacher whilst i was over in australia alongside all of this just because i was and i was working you know i had i had a bit of a teaching t- uh, gig at one point alongside running a boot camp and my personal training services but through it all back to now moving back to this country you know i i'm very much doing what i love doing now which is because i i'm very comfortable working with you know the busy endurance athlete and that's kind of our, our primary focus is working with people who want to run ultras ironman events any kind of any, any type of multi-sport event that kind of generally works around the running cycling swimming elements but um yeah it's i'm i'm addicted to what i do i love what i do um and i guess the injury rehab side of things has been a being a very very strong element for in what we do as well because of what i've gone through but then what, what the services that we also provide so Mm, yeah really interesting the uh we we tell a lot of our students about the importance of eventually kind of finding your niche Mm. and i think sometimes maybe we might be to blame for this but people can get a bit overwhelmed with trying to figure out what their niche is Mm. but from your point of view i mean you have drilled down that niche perfectly haven't you but it actually didn't come overnight did it it's taken some time because you think from the moment you started thinking about working in the fitness world or the snc world it's been it's been a few years isn't it in the making really yeah i mean you know there's those there's the there's different niches isn't there like you know you've got people wanting to get up get stage ready you've got people who want to you know big fat loss kind of a part of the industry but for me it's always been generally about sports performance of some sports, sort like yeah. people getting being not, it's not like working with elite athletes because there's no money in that, by the way. Um, just so you guys know, so all the elite athletes I've ever worked with, they've you know, they've been the poorest of the bunch. And you know, speaking from uh, speaking from experience, me and Polly didn't have a, a pot to piss in, if I can say that. Um, when we were when we yeah, were yeah. back, um, 
So they're not the you know elite athletes aren't the best, aren't, uh, but they also they are. They are not as grateful as well, in my experience. <laughs> no, they 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 just take it for granted, and it, it is what it is. It's fine because they're just in the zone and they're just trying to get the best you know most out of their training, lifestyle, and stuff. But no, I mean, but yeah, our niche was you know my niche. I'm I'm so comfortable with it because of all the uh, the struggles that we've had as a couple. Me being a, you know, a coach to a professional athlete, you know, a husband to a professional athlete. Um, I was able to see it. And then all of our social circle were all endurance-based athletes, you know, not triathletes. Some of them would just love to run six, seven days a week, you know, and, but the issues that came with that, I, I was able to fix through bringing in some form of strength conditioning, some form of strength training. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I've worked with everything growing up, you know, like over the years, I've worked with every type of man, woman, young, old. So, you know, I've, I've, and I, I still do to a certain degree, but um now there's a bit more of a, a a goal there's a goal orientation to it you know people want to run a certain race you know have go away for a a, a long walking week a week away hiking in the mountains so there's always generally a goal goal orientation now around performance or activity so yeah it's, it's something you craft i think it's something that you you end up doing something you just you want to find something you enjoy talking about like i I talk, to, I talk to five to six or pe- six people a day sometimes new people on consultation calls and I, i'm truly fascinated by their life story their backstory how they've got to where they are now you know what injuries they've sustained but also where they want to go with their bodies you know like what do they want to do and uh i I've, i'm fascinated by it i'm addicted to it i'm also addicted to like working with someone who's broken and then fixing them like i, I, I can openly admit that like i know the, the misery that comes with being injured so uh truly injured and uh yeah, you've had that first-hand experience i remember it well yeah, mate. And it's a dark place you go to when you've, when you're, especially when you redo it, you know, I've had people who've had, you know, redone their ACLs and, and I, I can literally say to them, I've, I've been where you are, like to re-injure yourself in a similar place or just to be, have that new level of setback. It's a psychology view. It's an interesting point, actually, as a trainer and as a coach, you're, the psychology of what we do is not really, it's, it's hard to train. You know, like we don't we don't get enough training in that environment, and that's one of the things I've always I think we've talked about it before, where you've got to learn on the job. But mm. you know, part of the part of the part of the part of the journey. But yeah, niche wise, I would, as I said, I think you, I was, I was, I naturally found it, but I, I guess I was looking for it the whole way, the whole way through. You know, I was, I was constantly striving, and Polly, Polly certainly helped. Um, yeah, she offered you an intern. Yeah, <laughs> you did an internship with your wife. Yeah. Fact, did the internship turn into marriage or did marriage turn into an internship? <laughs> Which way around was that? Yeah, I mean, it was, it's a, it is a, I mean, she is the heartbeat of the business. She still is like the stuff that we work, went through as a couple, even having, even having our first, even our first child, you know, like, you know, just, just a, a brief introduction, like understanding about, you know, when you're working with someone who's training a lot. Uh, excessive a lot you know like understanding like you know, a lot of people can be in an energy deficit you know so a lot of people so Polly struggled to get her get her menstrual cycle back when she came off the pill and was we found that actually she was she was red s so she had an like, energy deficiency so she had she she didn't have a regular menstrual cycle so we so for us to get pregnant it took us years for her to kind of regain that cycle to then get pregnant and so understanding the complexity of you know fueling appropriately enough to make sure so you know so you can maintain a certain level of hormone regulation in your body like that stuff was again i was i learned the hard way you know like and but now i can speak with some experience on it um some empathy on it when i'm working with you know, women of any of all ages you know going from there i'm trying to have their first period at 21 22 in the late stages all women that have gone through the menopause so it's, it's like the understanding your uh, your hormonal cycle etc these things i've learned firsthand yeah and from what i've seen from you from like the outside looking in and, and knowing you and knowing your journey is Obviously, focusing on a niche is doing a few things, isn't it? Because for you, it's it's made your work more enjoyable because you've really focused that passion, haven't you? So you're enjoying, like you say, enjoying talking to these people. It also has enabled you to be an authority in that area, which even that just feels good, doesn't it? it obviously, it's good professionally. It's good from a, you know, b- making a building a lucrative business point of view as well. But it just feels good, doesn't it, to know that you are you, you know your shit basically. It gives you peace of mind, you know, in a sense, because it allows you to, you know, because you, when you are trying to create content, you're trying to find your voice, you can start to speak to 
one person. And so they, well, you, you can, you know, you start to work out who your avatar is, like who, who are the people you want to work with? Who are the people you want to help? And I would, you know, like the, one of the best ways I could, I, I used to like picture that, a, a picture a particular client that I wanted to work with more, you know, or, you know, I'd want, and so I would speak to them. So if I was ever doing, you know, I'm, I'm still doing it now when I'm doing creating content, you know, um, for, you know, YouTube or Instagram or whatever, I'm, I, I picture those individuals that I want to help. That I want to work, you know, I, they, what are those, what are those key pain points, what are the key struggles that I'm well aware of, um, that they, that, that our niche struggle with the most, but as a trainer and as a coach, it's just, it gives you clarity that like you're not, you're not just grabbing at, you know, different, you know, different kind of, uh, themes and you're trying to speak to everyone because that, you know, if you're trying to speak to everyone, you speak to no one. So now we have this ability to really dial in and it's a, it's a small niche, but it's a big niche, right? Like who, who hands up, who likes to run? ride a bike swim a bit go for long walks it's quite you know kind of that population actually is bigger than you think <laughs> apart from the swimming <laughs> i yeah. uh yeah no, no, I, I can swim i can swim enough that i don't drown um <laughs> but i'm 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 just not very efficient at it yeah. <laughs> breaststroke all day long <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's it, 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 it does it you know across the across the board there i mean a, a lot of the time it's you know we work with a lot of people who are injured a lot of people who are struggling with reoccurring injuries, they don't fully comprehend why why that is. And uh, a lot of the work we do is injury rehab, you know, getting people back from from all kinds of issues, stress fractures, long-term tendinopathies, you know, Achilles, plantar fascial issues, knee issues, back issues. But a lot of the time it's just it's poor load management. Uh, you know, in terms of training wise, they're just doing excessive amounts of work and they're just not you know doing not resting enough, they're not fueling enough, they're not, they're trying to they're overwhelming their body. They're not strong enough in certain areas. So a lot of the time it's bringing a bit more clarity to a lot of people's programming within that. Yeah, great. And over the years then, so since you first started building your fitness career, what would you say has been your biggest challenge and what did you do to overcome it, if you did overcome it? Well. It's finding my niche was probably the first challenge. Like, I, you know, I talk about it, but it was something, you know, I said I ran a boot camp. I was working with all walks of life, but I, there wasn't, there was a lack of satisfaction there. I felt like I wasn't, I didn't feel like I had a strong enough purpose or strong enough why. And, you know, as to why I was, you know, working, working every hour, you know, like, and I was just earning money, but it wasn't, it wasn't my passion. Like, I wasn't fully. <clears throat> I wasn't fully working my passion. I was doing something I, I enjoyed doing. I, I was in an environment I, I enjoy being in, but it still wasn't ticking the box. So I was not frustrated, but I was constantly looking. And then I found I'm very, and now I'm very, very, very comfortable dealing with pretty significant issues, you know, like, you know, people that are in a lot of pain, a lot of struggle, and I can, I'm very comfortable being in those environments now. But so that was probably one of the biggest struggles I had, but then obviously finding, working through that and obviously just us talking here you can hear how i've kind of worked that was a process of just keep 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 working through it keep kind of who do you want to speak to who do you want to work more with and i think there's, there's always secrets within that because there's people that you lean you you enjoy working with more you and and i feel that they're they're kind of they're sometimes key indicators of people maybe you, you want to work more with um you know if you're a trainer or a coach who's lost a lot of weight yourself Lo and behold, you probably like working with more. You want to, you probably want to empower other people to lose weight. Mm. You know, for me, it was pain. You know, a lot of I went through a lot of in, you know that injury struggle. Um, I love, I love being a sportsman. I like being athletic, and so I definitely lean towards helping people do what they want to do, like enjoy their lives. Um, but the other big one was letting go of the gym in Bath during the kind of COVID spell. That was probably the hardest hardest the easiest decision but the hardest to follow through with um that i've ever had to go through emotionally polly would probably say that was she's never seen me so fatigued from anything ever like um me letting go of it like because the way we, we yeah all of it emotionally as well because like we had a great training so we moved back from australia and we just yeah just doing our reconnaissance around bath town center we found this great little space beneath a physio clinic right in the heart of the city and literally within the space of a week there I was just looking for a room or a gym to work out of and next thing I know I've I'm investing in a in a whole space populating with a, all equipment and opening a training a personal training studio and I was like flipping it okay this is happening but I remember when you got it and I came over to visit you 
and walking in and i remember i was I, well i was my i was kind of breathtaking because it was just a really it was just a lovely facility and and I, you know i like bath anyway bath's a lovely place lovely city and um i think i hugged you do you remember that yeah <laughs> i was like well done mate this is <laughs> blimey this is and i think i said like i was trying to say it in the least patronizing way possible like, i was like i'm really proud of you um but like i meant it i was like wow this is great it was do you know what it was it was the, it was just the sort of place that i'd want to come train that's what <laughs> i was like yeah, yeah. and uh, I think obviously you tailored it to your audience, but you were your audience in many ways, weren't you? So it was a lovely, yeah. lovely facility. So I can see why that was a difficult decision for you, plus the relationships that you built up. Yeah, because like opening a studio is never easy, right? Like you've got to like, you know, once you commit to doing that, you've got to then fill it, invest in it, and then you've got to push it, you've got to sell it. And so obviously that initial sell of like getting into the community and telling people what you do, and there's always a there's always a drive there that, You've just got to push, 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 and sell, sell, sell. You know, get you know, get your name out there. So that was, but I don't find that bit hard. I just know that's just a process. But the hard part was us deciding because of COVID, our business exploded online. Like we always had an online element coming back from Australia. We worked with, you know, we had we've always we've been online training for a long time, just because of the remote the way our endurance athlete, a lot of our clients would work. They're always on the move, event to event, and tra- so we always had this remote. and We've been developing that for a long time, but um covid forced it right it, it forced us to, to shut the gym for a time everything went online zoom classes etc etc we had a very very comfortable and thriving little studio but you know it was it took a lot from us and polly was pregnant and we just had george so our lifestyle was changing and uh we decided at the end halfway into our lease our halfway mark came up and we were like it was a decision do you want to carry on or or not and it was very easy we were like no we're fine no we're living a re- you know, we love our lifestyle we're getting better results working remotely at the moment um yeah it just it was a much better lifestyle and i was at home with my, my boy and uh but yeah letting go of that community was really tough because you're telling people that you're moving on for no no negative reason just we want to we just We've we've found a better lifestyle for ourselves as as a family, and uh, you know, come and come with us. Or, but if you want the face to face, the gym's still going to be here, but we're not going to be running anymore. We're going to we're going to we, when we we pass the gym on to one of our coaches, and he's doing a great job still there. But I run. Pro- I don't know if this you know. I still reflect on this. Like I know some gym owners to just they just shut their doors and pay back money where it needs to be paid back, and they move on. I made it a personal thing to ring up everyone and explain and tell people but that that took everything i had emotionally and you know imagine mentally to do that and over the course of a week every client and it was confusing for a lot of people because they're like oh, isn't this a good thing and i'm like it is but it's not you know I, it's, it's it's not what we want moving forward so that was definitely the hardest point that was a big pivot point for us but we've never looked back and our business is four or five times bigger than it's it was then and uh we're doing a a much better job than we ever were there as well because we can i've got a team around me now but fit you know we've got a team of physios other snc coaches and we work as a and then you know as a team with every client we work with whereas before we was it was all just me pretty much you know and another coach so yeah i think um i think we you know that ringing around the customers there um i can totally understand why you did that and i wouldn't i wouldn't have uh dissuaded you from doing that actually i know it's not common because obviously I, I know of gyms that have just you know you get the email um that <laughs> says that's it <laughs> it's cancelled you know the, the doors are shut you can't get in kind of thing i think anyway if it's a big enough facility i guess that's the only thing you can do but i think what you did was the right thing to do and i i think the way that you conduct yourself the way i like to think i conduct myself in you know and then alex had on last week um talking about static conditioning or what i know the way he conducts himself is many business owners they fall back on that statement it's just business i just i just can't see us ever using that phrase it's just business because it's not to us is it it's more than that well i'm still living here right this is the thing i think about is like you know i i had i built i built you know when you work as a coach you build relationships you build rapport you know like and you know, maybe if you've got such a big gym, you've got hundreds and hundreds of members, maybe, you know, like you can have more of a, you know, kind of a, uh, you can can just, you know, you, you don't have to have those relationships. But, you know, if we had 
70 plus 100 clients across the book across the book so you know it was a bit of a process to work through but i still live here yeah i still live in the you know in the, in the southwest and a lot of people well they, they come to our studio now you know three four years later we've got a consultation space here and i've got clients more from back then starting to come starting to come back here you know like Ooh. just one-offs because because of because of that effort you make back then you know like you don't have to burn bridges it's just the effort there's a lot of emotional effort you give i can understand why some people just shut the doors and turn, yeah, yeah, turn a blind yeah. eye because oh man you know working with people is you're bought into it right there's a there's a level of emotion that you I think you want to you want to have at times, but yeah, it's a fatigue to it. So that was hard. Yeah, that was me, that was me kind of, yeah. No, but it's a good decision though. Um, obviously, you're doing well. So, <laughs> well, I think you might. I think I might know the answer to this one, but I was going to say, you know, so what's been your biggest success and why? Um, but potentially, <laughs> you might have just answered it by what was your biggest challenge became your biggest success. I don't know. I'll let, I'll let you answer it. Ah, uh, building my lifestyle around my business. Is that, uh, is that is that the way I just say it? I mean, I've I've managed. I've now got two little boys. I've spent every single day being a parent to them, but also running a successful business, like creating a lifestyle business. You know, like uh, that a, a successful one that I'm very proud of. We get great results, but I'm also being the dad I've always wanted to be, being the husband I've always wanted to be, um, and I'm also training myself the way I've always wanted to. Uh, you know, and you know, you know, coming up on. 38 40 you know almost 40 and i'm probably in some of the best shape i've ever been in whilst navigating all of this so i yeah but you know the grind has i've had to grind to get to this place but that was always been i've always been navigating towards this stage of our life where i could be a dad a great husband good business owner and be healthy and fit I and mean, it's like i don't know there's not much else i really want right now so um but yeah, yeah that's a great great example of success i like that <laughs> it's mm. uh it's like your sweet spot, isn't it? I think you found a sweet spot where you, you're making enough money that you're comfortable, you haven't got the stresses of not having money, um, but you're also present for your boys and for Polly and you, you know, you're taking your own health and fitness seriously. So, I mean, that's a lovely place to be. So many people strive for that place. And often you'll get people that will, they'll nail the finances. So they've got, you know, great income, great profits, but it's, the sacrifice of the family or their own health and fitness um having those ducks align like you have that's that's definitely an inspiration to people but you've got to, i mean you know it's not all you know it's not all it hasn't always been this right i mean i gained when i was pushing the business when we got rid of you know when we moved on from the gym building the online you know online systems building out the business you know employing you know hiring hiring better coaches online and working with more people you know i gain weight i probably in the worst one of the worst shapes of my life in the last 10 years you know in that period yeah join the club <laughs> yeah you know like it you know like but i was also but i let my training slide because i wanted to be present for my boy uh at the time my, my, my first i wanted to build the business and that was that was it that was you know and we wanted to survive you know like we wanted to make sure that our business was gonna was heading in the right direction so i didn't drop the ball i let the ball go for a bit you know like you let you, you've got to let in terms of energy this is one of the big things we push obviously is energy availability like how much energy do you have to give like how are you managing your, your energy across the week mm. and it's one of the biggest things we look at with, the, with everyone we work with is that managing that stress and that training and i let my training slide for a bit just so I could then push in other other directions for a time, but um, yeah, you know, you're working out all the way along, and uh, I, and even now, you know, you you have to put a lot of work in in the background to make sure things are ticking over. You know, like you can't, you know, you, uh, that's the reality of running our own business is that there's always you know, you, you're always going to be pushing, striving forward a little bit. You've got to be think, you know, thinking ahead. So yeah, it's not it hasn't been a smooth, smooth, smooth uh, journey to to this point. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's important to get across actually, because that in itself, seeing somebody that's got this, you know, really great work-life balance and ticking all those boxes, it's inspirational, but it can be intimidating and probably overwhelming for people to kind of think about what they've got to do to get there. And actually yeah. it is important to say exactly what you just said and remind people that it hasn't been plain sailing the whole way. Like I, Scott Galloway, um, I don't know if you've listened to much of his stuff, but he said that he has a good work-life balance now because for years he didn't and i can totally relate to that <laughs> and i'm sure you can as well 
Well, hopefully, like people, you know, people listening can hear from like I was pushing in every direction at one point. You know, like you're going right. You know, who do I want to be? How do I want to? Who do I want to work with? So, you know, I've taken any, I'll, I'll take any client on at one point. You know, you're working every hour. You're running a boot camp. You're doing one-on-one services. You're kind of getting in front of schools. You know, doing school training sessions. I was trying to work out what what this looked like, but it's but you've yeah you've got to push the work-life balance was hideous and it still is now i mean sometimes you know i'm doing a 14 15 hour day just because i want to get certain projects across the line and mm-hmm. but that's kind of free choice though isn't it so it's not yeah. that you have to that's not you've, no. you've created something where you've got balance but then every now and then you get a new idea that you just want to action and you just want to get it and so that's been an, entre- been an entrepreneur i mean that's like you know we are you know we're living in a world now where you can you know, if you want to pivot as a small business owner, you can pivot very quickly. And if you want to bring on some new system, you want to bring in some new uh, method, or you know, like or, or new practitioner. You know, we're we're right now we're we're pushing our face to face physio consultations because that's a great another great revenue stream for us as a business, but also it's just a great op- option for us to get more into the local community, tell people what we do. So we're just pushing that a lot at the moment. But um, yeah, you when you find a niche, you're you're very happy to obsess and think more and uh yeah it's i, I it's, it's, i'm totally addicted to it as i said i love, <laughs> I love it. but it's it, it's all about like getting in front of more people to help them um they know you know you do get that you get you're looking for that i guess they're not the drug of it but you're you know i you know you get messages through from someone who's successfully won their event or you know they're now injury free and they're running the distances they've always wanted to run and you know, those those little messages get dropped in every every day or so, or every couple of days, and they're just little, the little kind of um, hits of uh, you know endorphin rushes that you get. And I guess that's definitely part of the part of the part of it, part of it all. Yeah, and you're never bored, are you? Because there's always something you could be doing. <laughs> if you ever like, I've got spare time, I don't know what to do with it. You're like, open the laptop, and there's always a new bit of content. There's always a new system or something you can yeah. streamline, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's always it's always something, which is not you know you can you can look at that in two ways, right? You can look at it as a negative, or you can look at it as a as a exciting sword. Yeah, yeah, you know, but you've oh yeah, I mean balance. How do you balance all of it? And I I've always tried to have good mentors and good role models, and you know people like yourself. You know, like it's we've always been trying to be quite vocal about our journeys between us, like you know, like how we navigate certain decisions and. Um, our heads, our psychology of running a business is not easy, is it? So, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's it, you just need to work work that out, work it out as you go. But certainly, it's a journey, right? Like you know, you're working. Everyone's going to have a different route journey towards that. Mm, yeah, having good people around you—that's a good uh, good bit of advice for you to pick up as well. Is you know, we have like me, you, and Alex. We've got our our whatsapp group and it's the perfect size actually isn't it because any bigger than that then um there'd be almost too lo- too much dialogue i think and probably things get lost in translation etc but it's mm-hmm. great because we're we're business support emotional support um also you know every now and then we have to remind each other just to, to you know not take life too seriously and yeah. you know have some fun as well so it's yeah. really good from that point of view i'd kind of encourage others actually to do the same is just find a, a little tight-knit group that you can you know, you might join some bigger online groups on like Facebook, whatever you want to use, but then a, a little small sort of WhatsApp group where you can just um, use for a bit more emotional support, I suppose. Oh, huge. I mean, I think all three of us have taken massive value from it. I mean, I've been, I'm part of, uh, you know, I've always been part of some form of mentor group or just as a business owner, I've, I've was, I, you know, I've needed help with systems and structure. And, and I know that this is what you provide a lot of your guys and, but it's, it's these, these accountability accountability pods like i've never needed them because i've got you two which is you know i've i've i can i can happily say that like um i'm not looking i don't need to i'm not looking for that because i've got as i said i've got you two which is it's because i've gone through from all the way through from uni all the way through to this stage where we've all, you know all three of us have got very different businesses and but in the very in the same industry yeah it's powerful yeah. broken it's, up with the occasional bear attack video <laughs> exactly <laughs> which is important right because like it's not healthy to always be talking about business it's definitely not healthy to always be problem solving and things you just want to be you know you, we want lifestyle and thought you know just we want to have that that uh banter and things are going on all the time because it 
yeah, it's what keeps things human. Like, yeah, got... and, you, and we need to discuss what would happen in a zombie apocalypse, Chris, don't we? It's important stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> how much Russian, you know, what sort of Russian do we need? So, uh, yeah, what sort of skill sets <laughs> do we need? <laughs> yeah. You're like, John, what is said in the WhatsApp group is meant to stay in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Dude, move on, move on. Yeah, move on. No. Just, uh, we could we could talk for half hour on that topic. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, with regards to anyone that might be listening who has got a similar passion, so not necessarily a passion for endurance or you know triathletes, whatever, but has a, a health or fitness passion, what would be your advice to them? What would you say? Get in front of more of them. So whoever you want to work with, if you know, if you feel like you are leaning more towards, you know, you 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 enjoy working with certain types of people, where where are they? Where are they? Where could you get in front of them? Where could you be, you know, be around them more? You know, could you be at a certain events more? Could you be, you know, like speaking in front of people more? Um, you know, that was always what I I was naturally doing that because I was going from event to event with Polly and I would, I literally, I was, you know, I'd set up a stand and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd part of the exhibition. I'd, I'd be, and then I'd obviously be there to support Polly as well as a, as a, as a mule to carry her bags and everything. But um, yeah, get it, be around it more. Like if you think that's where you want to be, be around it more and start, you know, cause the more conversations you have, the more contact your leads you're going to create, the, more, the better, you better you're going to understand your, your niche more potentially. And uh, you start to articulate it and, and uh train it better you know train with them better you know you start to create better systems and better training methods that work for your niche um yeah i think that's that's, that's so by far what what we did and then you lean into it really lean into it and go right how what are the real pain points of this of this niche like what do they what are they really struggling with like you know and then how, how can you start to help them you know how can you start to help those individuals and i think that i think that method is you can you can apply that to any type of niche, I believe. Like it's just you want to work in football, you want to work in weight loss, you want to work in like you can find those niches. Um, because there's niches within niches as well, isn't there? And oh, uh yeah, there is, yeah. What are you looking, you know, it depends what you're looking for. Are you looking for 50 clients, 50, you know, 50 clients, you're looking to work with a hundred people a year, you know, it depends like what your numbers are, but yeah, yeah, I, I would lean into it. And I have and I've loved it every minute of it, if I'm honest. You know, I I I work with physio, we've worked with we've always worked with physios, I haven't really talked much about that, but Injury has been a massive. I'm fascinated with injury, like how you can rehabilitate it. Um, so I've always been, always had physios as part of our. Well, we have always been on site. If I'm honest, we've always, our gyms have always had physios next to or in the in the building, because I want to know more about how to train through pain and out and away from pain. So, yeah, we've always, I've always been always had physio on staff, just so I can have conversations every single week about pain and injury prevention and rehabilitation stuff so yeah definitely a message coming through here about the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people and learning off them you know like you're doing you did you did your marriage internship <laughs> yep, yep, and yep. uh you, you know you've got elements of a physio one on the go there as well by the sounds of it so yeah um, definitely uh yeah good advice there for anyone listening is just don't try and do it all on your own basically oh i think the complexity of working with people like especially if you're working on injury working with in navigating very busy lifestyles, you know, at different stage, you know, working with people at different stages of their life, you know, um, you know, hormonally, I think we've, we've, you know, we've, we've all, I've always sought out other people to support the services that we, we provide because you cannot do it all your own and you, you never will be able to. And, you know, you, you should always be wary of someone who's trying to be a jack of all, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, you know, like, cause essentially that is exactly what it is. You know, you're in front of someone that, you can't simply know everything and you don't, you don't want to either. Like the mm. complexity of what a physio knows versus what a dietitian or a medical doctor knows. Like I, I, I happily will pass, pass that on and, and then consult with them for our clients. So it's, it's a major part of what we do. Major, major part of what we do. Yeah. That's another good bit of advice there as well about just sort of signposting people to other places mm. and services rather than trying to, like you say, be a jack of all trades. Well, on that note, Chris, um, you've talked about you've talked about um, strength in, um, for endurance a fair bit, um, but just if you could just sort of sum up really what you do, and if people are interested in knowing more about what you do, where they can go to find you. 
Yeah, I mean, we work essentially with, we want to integrate strength and conditioning into a busy endurance athlete's lifestyle. So anyone who runs, rides, swims, triathlons, ultra distance events, multi-day events, like we are looking to always support them and not, you know, we are very much looking to make sure that they're healthy, strong and fit to do that and they can tolerate all the work they want to do. But obviously a major component of what we do obviously is injury rehab. So we make sure that people, A, get over injuries quickly, but also never have to worry about them in the future making sure that they're strong and in all the right places and condition in the right, right places um so that's what the main main kind of what main factor of what we do and guys you can obviously strengthofendurance.com um strength of endurance on instagram facebook um hopefully it's in the, it's in the message we who we work with so yeah feel free to get in touch and you have a podcast too we do the strength for endurance podcast so we're running that for a number of years now and it's uh yeah just a lot of it's anecdotal a lot of stuff it's coming from obviously a lot of it's coming from like case studies like people that we're working with every day the struggles they have but a lot of it's based around exactly what i just said around injury prevention getting over long-term injuries recovering from you know energy deficiencies etc so yeah lots of good stuff yeah, we. I mean, to be honest, these days we've had this conversation before. We lean towards more of the anecdotal stuff from the right source, and more than the academic stuff these days, don't we? I and mean, this is coming from two academics. Obviously, we need both. But um, one thing we learned from the, doing our degrees is the research that's out there. If you've got the time and you sit down and you go for it with a fine tooth comb, a there's mistakes, yeah. but it's often misinterpreted, and then what you really find out from a particular study is that that is what the data shows for that specific audience, that specific target market, which might not necessarily apply to yours. So that's Mm. why talking, you know, I could go and read a study on something to do with working with triathletes, or I could go to somebody like yourself that works with them has done for years and that's your bread and butter. And I'm going to get something more useful and, and practical, I think from talking to someone like you. Well, yeah. I mean, the biggest the biggest lesson I've learned this year, or the f- biggest thing we're learning at the moment, is people are, are now. Ten years ago, it was a big, it was a hard sell to get people lifting weight, full stop, five kilo weights was a, was a was a concern to people. Now, with all the research coming through about resistance training, heavy resistance training, showing the benefits of it for runners, cyclists, swimmers, you know, now people are obsessed with lifting heavy weight to the point where all they're doing is lifting heavy weight or pursuing heavy weight you know, and then they're forgetting about developing those those initial kind of body weight strength standards and making mm. sure that and so it's kind of it, we're watching this complete other end of the spectrum starting to happen where people are like you know going into a gym they're lifting heavy but they're getting injured and they're not and they're still not seeing the results of their of their lifting because they are they're they kind of they're getting they're getting they're, they're just following the research but the research is just telling you telling you one thing and you're not the application of that the integration of that into uh anyone it's always going to be different right like depends on who you're working with their training experience their training age their level of confidence how busy their lifestyles are you can't just take research on face value because it you know it's dangerous and you're seeing people out there trying to train at 80 percent of their one rms for the perceived one rms and guess what they're blowing up their backs they're blowing out their knees and it's because they they don't know how to integrate strength conditioning effectively into their, into their training lifestyle. So one of the biggest things we look at at the moment, for sure. Yeah, big on individualization, which mm. is why we'll never be replaced by an algorithm. Hopefully not. Uh, that's a fascinating. I mean, that's another one, isn't it? AI and the integration of that. People are like trying to sell the fact that it's easier and it's going to answer all the problems. But <laughs> you don't, obviously, they do not know their market if they are saying those things because the complexity of working with busy people who are trying to then train around being a parent, trying to train high volumes of, train, of training on a week-to-week basis, like the complexity will never be answered by a piece of software. It, it, it has to be, it's going to be based the upon... The accountability won't be as good for sure. Hmm? I mean, I, I couldn't care less if uh, Alexa's disappointed in me. <laughs> It's just like education. How do you educate people? Like it's gonna, it's gonna, it takes time. It takes conversation. It takes reinforcement, and you, you're you're just never going to get that type of buy-in when you're with a, with a watch or a, you know a piece of AI, AI software. You you need that personal contact. You know you need that personal conversations on a week-to-week basis, which is why we see the results we do versus AI, which is going to be of course it's going to be part of the conversation forever now, but it it won't ever replace this human contact. People will always long for it. There may be, there will be times in our life when we want where we use it and we love it, 
but then we'll long for that interaction with people when that coaching that coaching uh empathy and rapport you, you can get so mm. oh it's like that statement isn't it um you won't be replaced by ai but you'll be replaced by someone using it it still needs somebody behind it doesn't it, it still needs a, yeah. a an expert guiding it knowing how to talk to it um checking yeah. it making sure that what the outcome is correct they agree with it does it need tweaking changing it's a time saver if anything at the moment i think for people, huh. but, yeah um, no you've got to craft your you're, you're, you're going to use it to help craft the programming you're going to help craft the systems around it but you can't just then slap pro- programming onto someone because you're going to it's, it's not going to work for them you're going to need to then work out the intricacies of that individual's lifestyle and you know what, what where do they little adjustments need to be made to make it flow for them or not to overload them or under under train them in some in some cases so yeah yeah well, i've tried using it in uh, for various things but i've done things just out of curiosity you know write a program on blah 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 and uh and it will throw something out and i'll realize that oh it's sort of misinterpreted what i've asked now <laughs> i'm qualified and experienced to know that what it's thrown out isn't quite right yep. but the non-qualified individual would just go okay cool and follow it i expect so that's that's where we're at the moment with it for certainly yeah you know like some it'll work for some people because they they've got a body that's tolerant to that they're strong enough they're smart enough to make a few adjustments themselves a lot of people if they take it on face value it can overload them you know and like it's gonna you know it can break people over time most of our job work is based upon programming that is too templated and so that it it, 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 after a time it's overwhelmed them mm. it create injuries it's created fatigue and that's obviously what we're looking to we unpick a lot a lot of the time we give, we give people a bit more clarity on how they can program more effectively for themselves yeah brilliant doing it really well and not so happy happy healthy athletes to show for it <laughs> i like to think so yeah they're good people very yeah great people great people to train and work with that's for sure so yeah. brilliant all right well keep doing what you do chris thanks for coming on today love talking to you sure that's inspired quite a few people and uh, i'll let you get on with the rest of your day thank you mate cheers mate now if you enjoyed today's episode something you can do for me is subscribe to my show and if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content then please share it with them too you can also head over to our socials and follow us on tiktok instagram facebook and youtube but if you're ready to take that next step visit our website www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk fill out a contact form that will come straight to me I will contact you shortly afterwards and I look forward to speaking to you then